Hey, Guilty Movie Pledger fans, don't tell me it's not worth fighting for. Don't tell me it's not worth dying for. Everything I do, I do it for Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. I do it for you. Oh, imagine if this song was sung by Michael Bolton instead. Wouldn't be the same. It would. Wouldn't be the same. Be that just, was blasphemy. It would be. It would be equally as good, but it would let's definitely just, be different. Let's just savor this for a moment. Oh, we're right in like the big, like the crescendo of it. Here comes the soul. Wait here. Wait for it. Oh, guilty movie pleasure fans, do we have a treat for you this week. We are talking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. We're actually, we're not talking the movie at all. We're just, talking that song just exclusively. Just Brian Adams. Just Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Hey, everybody. Singing about love. I'm Ben Begley. I'm your host today. And uh, as usual, I don't know why I said today. And also with me, as always. Jesse McIntosh. Yeah. With you today. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jesse, this was your big ask. This was not an ask. It didn't take a lot of convincing, but you've been pushing for this, I think, since you started on this for show. Sen- a year ago. Little little backstory. Yeah. Poor Jesse. Every, <laughs> the first, like, three months <laughs> of Jesse uh, being on this show, he would send me a long list of things, and I'd be like, yeah, but what about this? Probably, probably 20 movies every week I would send Ben. Be like these are all like possible, and they would be like sort of different feels, different vibes, like sort of run the gamut as far as like where wh- what spot we want to hit that yeah. particular week. Yeah. Um, and I would always get like positive reinforcement in response, like yeah, those are great, yeah, yeah. And then like maybe an hour later, he texts me, hey, how about this one? It's like not on the list at all. I'm like, yeah, no, let's do that one for sure. That one so, sounds good. So, so I'm, I'm this is this is always at the top of my I'm list. I'm starting to let go of control, it's and, not, it's and not you know. Necessary. And you know, let, I want necessary. you to throw your your, th- your 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 titles in the hat. Well, this is one of my favorite. So why movies is this? Please tell us. Tell this us. This is I couldn't tell you why. It's just like when a did you first see perfect it? movie? I saw it um, in theaters, I guess in 1991. So is that when it came I, out in 91. Yeah, wow. um, and I remember like insisting on seeing it. This this story may be a fabrication of my memory, but I'm pretty sure like we were my family was on vacation visiting my grandmother. And my older sister wanted to see City Slickers or City Slickers 2. I don't remember. Whichever one was out at both the time. Classics. Both classics. Yeah, both worthy watches Fantastic. in the theater. Um, but And I desperately wanted to see Robin Hood. And so we, like, split off into twos. Nice. Like, my grandma and my sister went to see City Slickers. And my mom and I went to see Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, it was instantly my favorite m- movie of all time. Um, well, why was that? Why do you think? Uh, like, what struck you as a wee eight-year-old or I whatever you were? I think, like, just his technical archery skill. I think that was a lot of it. No, I think, honestly, <laughs> like, what... It has, like, all the appeal of Batman, of, like, a yep. real human being mm-hmm. who's able to, like, rise above uh, just evil and criminality yeah. and, like, all the bad things in the world for good. Um, and it... Additionally, he there there isn't the element of pretend. Like there isn't the element of like costuming and like hiding yeah, in the dark and the yeah. shadows. I mean, he does. They do a little bit, but he's it very pretty grounded. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. It's like I didn't get this when I was a kid, but it's like there's historical context. Like mm-hmm. it's obviously not a real true story. No, there's content. Um, yeah, but it is set in a specific time and place. Um, and he, he was very much like out there and vulnerable and like there's, I've, I've always been like a sucker for underdog stories and, and this is very much that. Very much. Um, this is to me like the, I remember as a kid thinking like, whoa, this is super violent. I shouldn't be able to watch this because I wasn't able to see R-rated movies till I was like 13 or 14 and. So this movie, I remember being very violent, and then watching it again, it's surprisingly it's like, really violent. Still, it like holds like, up pretty pretty for well. The most we part. were talking last <laughs> week about Johnny Mnemonic, and like some yeah. of the fight scenes in Johnny Mnemonic seemed like they were cut out of a yeah. student film. Like they were just These, very strange. Though, These fight scenes are awesome. Th- 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And they hold up. When he shoots the flaming arrow in slow-mo is awesome. We we put a gif of that up. It's so good. It's 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 amazing. I think um, we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Um, As a kid, I wasn't aware enough to know how... uh, Everything about this movie works pretty well and, and stands the test of time pretty well, except Kevin Costner and Christian Slater. Who are terrible. The t- like, this movie would be so much better if it didn't have Kevin Costner in it. Now, don't get me wrong. Kevin Costner, just like Keanu Reeves, when he's cast in the right thing, is awesome. Tin Cup, Bull, Bull Durham, yeah. uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. Even like Hidden Figures. He was great in Hidden Figures. When mm-hmm. he's kind of a side character or when he plays a little bit more of a rapscallion type of guy, which Robin Hood, Robin Hood is a rapscallion, but he has to have this like romantic lead thing. And for most of it, this is what drove me. This is so nitpicky. But when his hair was dry, it just looked like a bad Bon Jovi music video. And it took me out of it. It took me out sure, of his so. like his like tough when he's like we all have to fight we got to be free and it's like Bon Jovi's just rallying little John and his merry well, men. Bon Jovi would he would Let's be he would. fair. True. Bon Jovi would True. rock the shit out of Nottingham. Um, Very both, true. Like yeah, musically, vocally, and emotionally. You I think. gotta hold on to what we got. That's an example. I always worry that I'm gonna mix up Journey and Bon Jovi, and I know that's not the case, and I never would. Okay, but right before I sing a song of either, I'm like. That's a strange feeling. That's strange. Do you do you feel like people would like it would be irreconcilable judgment? <laughs> yes, I think That's so. I think I would lose lose many, a lot of friends, many friends and yes. respect. Not from me. So, so you agree though? Watching it, I do remember. It's weird that everybody has a British accent except uh, except or, the two of them. Except the two of them. Yeah. And Christian Slater grew on me, and so did Kevin Costner. But at first, it's like he sticks out like a sore thumb, and there's some weird kind of. Uh, childish humor he has when him and Azim first get together where it feels like he's playing a man-child and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna be a prankster and then all of a sudden, oh, they're gonna kill this kid? Now I'm a badass. And it's like, a little tonally uneven, this movie, in hindsight. It's a little bit, yeah. But the second half is like where it really just, as soon as he meets Little John, it's awesome. They very much, um, like the two of them have a a fun adversarial like yeah. friendly adversarial oh, yeah. relationship um, morgan freeman is great in this and it's it's it speaks to like an a strange chemistry that was developed off camp like mm-hmm. we never saw the history of their relationship but like they seem to have one yeah. which was They've strange. been in prison for five years together I get, yeah but they also like when he frees morgan freeman from prison like it's unclear whether or not they had ever spoken to one another yeah. before that yeah. um like Morgan Freeman shouting out demands and he's he, like he wasn't the first one he went to he was certainly not he didn't choose to do that he was convinced to do that because they're all super racist towards the painted man as yeah. they call him yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right um yeah you know it was a less uh, progressive time it was I think it's supposed to be like the 1100s yeah. or 1200s yeah. um so presumably they had never seen a black man before yeah, yeah presumably um, I, I think that's what they're trying He's, to say. But but I do think that this movie handles that well, where they really make Azim kind of the hero. Yeah. And, and he saves the day countless times. Over and over and He's over again. He's a great example of, like, of, um, of, a, of, he, because he, he has the Muslim faith, he has the Islam, is, he's, he's praying to Allah, but he's, like, this righteous, it, it's just everything that you wish we saw more in his cinema and TV now yeah. instead of, like, the terrorist stereotype. There, there's interesting, like, a lot of things were handled much better in this movie that came out in 1991 mm-hmm. than some of the films we've done that were, like, mid-2000s yeah. or, like, 10, yeah. 20 years later. Um, yeah, like, the... the um, the anti-religious sentiment, like mm-hmm. they set that up because it's part of the historical context. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do, they do sort of go out of their way to, to um, like have Morgan Freeman be the hero and to have everyone like appreciate yeah. and realize that. And, you, and it wasn't, it, it's not even, um, 
like a religious thing. It's just he's he represents like an acceptance of everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's the platform that he stands on throughout. They also like do a pretty good job with um, with like letting especially towards the end, like letting the women fight. Like there was a big thing towards the end where they're where the wife of little John wants to come and join yeah. the battle. And yeah. they're like, nah. she's like, no, I'm, I'm fucking doing it. I squeezed out three babies. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we have that clip. Have Which that one is clip. that? It's uh, eight babies. Eight babies. Can we play clip 11 since we're talking about it? Number 11, please. I'm giving birth to eight babies. Don't you talk to me about getting hurt, you big ox. <laughs> so there you go. Eight babies. Yeah. Oh man. And we In saw fact, one of them. Hey, let's we just saw say like, happen. My wife had one baby, and mm-hmm. I saw how painful that is. And she got the epidural, but it didn't take because the guy had to go away, and it happened so fast she didn't even get the full drugs. This woman got zero drugs because no this was eleven hundred. She got a stick put in her mouth. She had a stick put in her mouth when she has the baby in this in this movie, and she's mm-hmm. yelling, "No, no!" And I'm like, "Jesus, that's the most painful birth I've ever heard." Yeah, and eleven hundreds. I mean, they're in a straw hut, just bearing down. I mean, the odds are against you at oh. one child to survive, yeah. right? And she made it through eight. And I, as, if they, you know what? She actually probably could take out the sheriff and everybody better right. than the rest of the merry men. Right. But so this is like part of what I'm saying. Like they didn't need to include, like the movie didn't yeah. need to include her in the fight scene. But they do. But the movie was very inclusive as far as like, she's obviously like a strong and capable person. Yeah. And they lifted her up with her. And made Marion, when she's first introduced, she's fighting yeah. Robin Hood. And mm-hmm. then she gets her hand burnt and she sc- screams. And he's like, oh, shit, you're a woman. Yeah. Well, hey, Maid Marion, hey. what's going on? Hey. But before we get too deep into this movie, uh, it's two and a half hours. So we're going to really have fun trying to cram this all in today. Uh, let's do the plot in under three minutes. I watched this in three sections. So I may need your help. Tight. Uh, tight. Tight. Uh, <laughs> 1997 called. They want their vernacular back, Jesse. No, nope, they can't have hey. it. I stole it. All right. So we're going to get this started, Josh, in the booth. You ready? All right. In three, two, one. So we start out in the Crusades, um, <laughs> yeah. and the, uh, someone stole bread, and uh, it's yep. Robin Hood's friend Peter, made Marion's uh, brother, and so they're like, "All right, we're going to need to cut off your hand." And Robin Hood's like, "No, me. You got to cut my hand off first because he's <laughs> going to die if you cut his hand off." He pulls his hand out. He attacks everyone. He kills them, and they escape. Uh, the two of them and Morgan Freeman. They get out. Morgan Freeman's like, "I owe you my life. I I owe you. I'm I'm going to save your life. That's my vow." Yep. And so they they're go, all kind of yeah. like dingle dangling around. He's hanging out. He's like, "I'm a little. I'm a kid. I'm made a goofy Robin." <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden this kid's being chased by some of the sheriff's men and he's like hey you should do that it, really weird insert shots of people getting shot in the head with arrows he kills them all he lets one live he goes get out of here you know and the and mumbly guy from the crow who's like hey i'm the i'm the brother of the sheriff or yep. the cousin or whatever yep he goes back to tell him hey this guy totally got away and they're like oh we gotta go get this robin dude so we find out robin hood's father had been burned to death because he quote worshiped the devil which um, they sort of touch on and then sort of just leave it yeah, alone. a little bit yeah. um but then they get there um the the Old guy, uh, fuck the the old guy is still alive, and uh, they they're like, all right, we got we have to avenge my father. Let's go see Maid Marian. Let's uh, let's we'll find shelter there. And at first, Maid Marian's like kind of this like you know more uh, plain Jane at first, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> and then uh, they they then they, she he gets attacked by this other girl, this person in leather, and you're like, Ooh, who is this? They're kicking ass, and then ah hey, I'm 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 a woman, and yep. it's like Maid Marian. Oh hey, what's up, girl? And then, and then the, the sheriff comes. The sheriff's men come, and so they got to go. So they go into the forest where there it's a haunted forest, and there are ghosts, and that's where they lose the men. But then they're trying to cross the, the river and little john and his merry men come out and they ask for attacks and so they fight yeah robin hood and little john fight in the river um they, respect yeah man yeah, they start basically. hey let's start robbing these rich people they let's dab do each it. other up yep. doof, doof. there's a montage of them like getting uh, getting gold from everybody yeah and then sheriff's like oh i'm super pissed about this and then he sends out the cousin again and the cousin fails he loses his men he loses everything because they have these cool little trap things that they hide under these like uh, leaf yeah. covers yeah that, i don't know how they made it anyways the sheriff's cousin goes back and uh, he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he gets and he's stabbed. Killed. Oh, dead. And then the sheriff's like, I'm going to kill everybody. He's like, and then. Uh... Um, and so, okay. So then Maid Marion comes and Holy then shit, she, she's sent away. Um, and they, uh, she, she once has to tell King Richard what's going on with the sheriff. Sheriff's yeah. trying to take over oh, England. The, the, um, and so the they, priest. yeah. And so they. Uh, Screws him over. Double cross. Yeah. They kidnap Marion and uh, Duncan is riding back on the horse. They follow yeah. Duncan. They burn the whole place with the, down. With the Celts that only show up for one scene. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to kill everybody. And then it all works. And then, yeah. then they get chased. 
burned off. A- everyone, they everyone they capture, they're going to hang them uh, in the you town square. They're going to hang them in the town square. And uh, C- Christian Slater runs back and he's like, you're my brother. And Robin Hood's like, let's kill everyone. And I so, still don't understand that really. Yeah, totally, well, but it's okay. Um, so then they go and there's this huge, amazing fight scene. Uh, and it's supposed to be the sheriff and Maid Marian's wedding. Um, but that gets disrupted. But he wants to marry her anyway. And he's about to rape her. And then Robin Hood goes through the window. Um, and they fight and he kills the sheriff. Longest um, death scene ever, but it's great. It's so great. Um, and then everyone's happy and Robin Hood and Maid Marian get married and Sean Connery comes and he's like, you may get married. Look at that! You finished for two seconds! Oh, man! Jesse McIntosh, ladies and gentlemen, killing it. And may I just say, that uh, three-minute summary was tight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, is it 1997? Oh, here. It's for you. Uh, Leave a message on my home phone, 1997. (laughs) So, uh... Let's see. So, first off, um, what the hell? Where is my notes? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So, um, I, I wrote down that the um, in the beginning, it looks like Jesus Robin Hood. Yeah. He's super, like, it looks like... Uh, He's a little scraggly. A little I guess scraggly. they don't allow you to get a haircut when no. you're It's very caught. Indiana Jones-ish in the beginning. Yeah. And it's very... That's where, when it first started, I was like, whoa, this is going to be culturally insensitive, because it starts off very, like... Uh, overtly bad Muslim characters, and I'm like, oh man! But then Azim, like we already talked about, is a is a shining light in this movie and the hero. Uh, but yeah, it starts off very like we're gonna cut off everybody's hand and we'll look at us with these giant fucking swords, which are amazing. That they, by the that way. they set on fire, like they heat the swords up because it helps cut the bone, right? Yeah, no, totally. If you heat the sword up, it cuts the bone. Does it? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Science. Can we throw a timer up so I know how much time we have left since Fact the clock is science. not working? Just so, just so I don't go over. I don't want to spend the entire show on the first act like we usually do and rush <laughs> the awesome action scene. Um, but so, thank you, Josh. But I feel like maybe the reason that it felt culturally, culturally insensitive, if I can speak, is that it was in fact culturally insensitive <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, like they were they were literally going in to try and convert everyone to Christianity. That's yeah. that's more or less what was happening. Yeah. Um, but. I always find it's strange. Like there are, like I said, this movie to me is flawless and I love it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. But the fact that Robin Hood got caught is sort yeah. of strange to and, me. And it seems like he was there for five years. For, so the timing, the and timeline how did he, of it. How did he not escape? How was this the moment this where was it's the like, moment. oh, all I had to do was, or maybe he, he had to have been caught five years ago because otherwise, why the hell was his beard so gangly? It was a choice. He was a hipster <laughs> Robin Hood back then, yeah. He was <laughs> He was Jack Bauer after being uh, imprisoned by the Chinese yeah. Robin Hood? Yeah. yeah. No, his dad, his dad wanted him clean-shaven, and as we found out, his dad and him had a Did, little bit of conflict. Yeah, they had a little bit of conflict. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, the timeline is tricky because he also then says to me, like, apparently he was gone for six years, and mm-hmm. he says to Marion, like, I haven't seen you for six years. Um, and she... Her memory of him was burning her hair as a young boy. But six years ago, he had to have been 30 years old, right? <laughs> Do you There's think Kevin like, Costner... Wait. Was he playing a 20-year-old? I have no wait, idea. Maybe that's what's happening in the scene where he's like, I'm just a boy on a log teasing my friend Azim. That can't I wonder be. if Kevin Costner was totally pulling a 90210 where they were like, uh, Robin Hood's about 26, 27. But, but even so, like that timeline still doesn't really make nope. sense. He would have had to have been 18 to 20. For that to be, for that to like truly None make sense. sense. None of it makes that. Yeah, the whole the first act is a little clunky to figure out what the hell like how old is he supposed to be? Where where the timeline of things are? And even when um, so then when they introduce his dad, and uh, I said that he, I wrote down um, Alan Rickman, aka Sheriff of Nottingham, uh-huh. uh, which which I didn't realize until the very last scene that his name is George. No, no, they never say <laughs> they it. Never say <laughs> they it. never say it. It's called Sheriff. It's so good. And I was like, what the fuck is his name? And then out of nowhere, they're like, George? And I was like, yes! That's the least sinister name. That's why they saved it. Yeah. That's the least sinister name. Look out, George is going to steal your money I w- I wish and it pillage had... your villages. I wish it had been something like Tyler. Or something <laughs> hey, like... Tyler. Hey, Tyler. You're going to pillage my village? Or like Case. Hashtag pillage my village. Pillage my village. So when I wrote down, though, that Robin's dad, uh, it looks like a bunch of KKK members on horses are just like... Hey, what's up? We're like 11th century. It's it's a little unnerving. At it is first. unnerving. And then um, they totally burn his house down and so, kill him. So basically, what happens is uh, the sheriff of Nottingham is trying to recruit 
all the people in power while the king's away to yeah. like build his army. He's pulling um, a total uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, and so this is the original Game of Thrones. This is this was it. This is what Game of Thrones was based on. It was of, actually fact check. No, you can't. Alternative fact. Yeah. Period. Done. Go. Uh, it's pretty tight. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, I think, sound clip two is. Sheriff I just laughed of like the. I just laughed like the dog in Wacky Races. You remember that? How does it feel? Did you do it do you like, naturally? I yeah, don't. I didn't mean to. There was the, there was the guy with the, the wispy mustache, the twirly mustache, and then the dog. Where every time they like beat one of the good guys, he was like. Anyways, it, huh. somebody will know on in YouTube and appreciate it, or they'll just say, "Shut up, Ben. Let Jesse do no, the sound I clip." I don't think they're going to say clip? any of that. What's None the sound clip? Sound clip two is Sheriff of Nottingham oh, trying to convince join us or die. You know, uh, funny thing about that clip, it reminded me of when. Um, when I first came out here as an actor and I was doing a lot of non-union work, mm-hmm. and I had done a couple SAG jobs, so I was a must-join. Yeah. And I had one more SAG job that I booked, and I tried to sneak in under the radar because I was like, you know, I'm still getting more non-union work. And at the time, the president of SAG called me up on the phone, and I didn't pick up because it was an unknown number, but yeah. he left a voicemail and it said, Join us or die. So I joined that's, SAG. That's sinister. And you know what? Good good on me for when, doing that. When I was in summer camp. Unions are good. Yeah. When I was in summer <laughs> camp, um, I think I was about 10, um, There were we were like doing some activities um, in the camp, and then a couple people were going swimming. Yeah. Um, and they were like, do you want to come swimming? And I was like, ah, I think I'd rather tie-dye this shirt. Um, and the leader of the swimming group just looked at me, and he was like, join us. Die. I, yeah, I think I'm just going to die. I think I'm going to tie-dye. I can always count on you to do a non-sequitur. <laughs> I'll do... Uh, the audience at home can always count on me to do the most linear, obvious joke, and you'll do the one that I would never think of. I appreciate oh, that. That's right. You go first, so I have time to think about it. Uh, I should think of them in advance, but then that kills the fun. It does. So, yeah, he's pretty He's pretty evil in the beginning, and I, can we just talk about, first of all, how Alan Rickman is one of the greatest actors of all time, and yeah. his performance in this is so good still to this day. It's the perfect balance of being over the top, but believable and grounded, and just this sniveling villain where he has these sinister moments, but then he also has these really great, weird, darkly comedic moments that actually kind of make him seem more dangerous, not to jump way ahead. Mm -hmm. But in the scene where he's about to uh, basically force himself on Maid Marian, like, it's weirdly comedic, but also terrifying, because he's pretty much gonna rape her right there yeah. it's, it's it's handled in such a weird way and then when he does the like kick up and split yeah it's like hilarious but also like oh shit like this is i never know how he has this danger about him because you never know when something he's gonna do is gonna make you laugh or make you go oh oh no so that's definitely an image when i saw the movie the first time that stuck with me and i wasn't sure what was happening yeah, really but as like a kid, I, I definitely remember that but you're you're i didn't know how rapey it gets in that no. in that scene and and the fact that just while we're talking about this because i don't want to dwell on the rapey nature of the scene um <clears throat> there's a there's a moment in the end there where uh where the the witch is like you just she's ripe for your ba- your child just go for it and it's like what is the this is you if you have if you impregnate her right now that's going to fix everything and Robin Hood can't kill you I don't get this It's very unclear like And then he, his rant is amazing. Can we play B3 please? You whine like a mule. No, no no sorry I'm sorry uh clip B3 mine there we go at the very end there pure She's ripe. She will give us a son. You must take her now. I will not take her until we are properly with for once in my life I will have something pure will you stop interfering it's just like the the weird thing is that I don't know if anything's pure about um doing what he's about to right. do and so immediately after he says that they're like the the priest is saying do you take him to be your husband and he covers her mouth <laughs> and he goes yes of course she does <laughs> it's like it's like well, it's just such a w- there goes the purity of this moment. And I know I jumped way ahead, but I think that moment defines the character for me, which is that he has this warped world view where, like, I think he is this insecure bad guy, and that's what makes him dangerous. That it reminds me of kind of like uh, Kylo Ren in the New Force Awakens, where there's nothing, or maybe our president, right? Where there's nothing more dangerous than an insecure evil egomaniac who thinks that they should rule everything. There's nothing more dangerous than that because. Then they'll at a whim, like when his cousin comes in and he kills his cousin because 
his cousin has shamed the family. It's like, there is nothing more dangerous than this guy. Well, and there's also, we didn't catch the sound clip, but there's a moment um, when he's trying to figure out how much bounty to put on Robin Hood's head. And they're like, and whoever the his advisor is like, no, there's no amount of money because the people love him. And it makes him so enraged because he's like, yeah. so I have to kill these people because yeah. he's stealing from me and they love him. Yeah. Um, and it just it's so clearly like hurt feelings both because yeah. uh, they won't listen to him and I also mean, they don't Hood love is, him. Robin Hood is super overrated. The most overrated, <laughs> the most overrated merry man in the forest of the hood. He's he's bringing you fake gold. That's what he's doing. It's fake. The gold is fake. <laughs> I like yours. Yours is kind of like the gold is fake. It's fake. It's fake. Uh, uh, it's like a little bit, a little Joe Pesci. It's uh, it's fake. I don't know what it is, but I love it. I want you to do the rest of the show like that. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. That's uh, a little Christopher Walken. Now. Yeah, now it's getting Walken. Yeah. Do you understand the concept <laughs> of the Tooth Fairy? So uh, I wrote down Azim is, is badass because he just tosses the shit out of everybody he comes across. But he's the most noble person in the movie. So this is this is the other thing. Like right off the bat that struck me re-watching it last night was um, can you imagine living in a world where you your life is just saved and then you you vow to follow someone until you have an opportunity like i've never been faced with an opportunity I mean, to on. save someone's life and yeah. this guy's like i'll hang with you for a bit until i can save your life like he knows it's coming and robin hood even tries to throw him back it's to say go go on your own way and yeah he, beats, he doesn't even but that's a cool thing he's not like he beats the guys up he just like jujitsu's them to the ground and is like nope He's the, he. It's arguable that that Morgan Freeman's character. It's I don't even think it's arguable. He's the most noble character in the movie. Sure, he is without flaw because sure. he stays on his path and he doesn't deviate from it. Robin Hood has he has to be flawed or else it's a boring lead lead hero. Right. But he has his moments of doubt. Azim never doubts his path. Yeah, because he's so connected to everything. Yeah, it's, and this awesome. is actually clip three. Um, mm-hmm. Is after Ben was talking about when uh, it's, it's sort of the first confrontation Robin Hood um, finds himself in when he goes back to England. Is a couple of the sheriff's men are chasing a bo- uh, young boy who has killed one of the sheriff's deer. It's a uh, little John's son. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Um, yep. And so Robin Hood takes them all out while Azim is praying, and Azim comes back down, and Robin Hood's like, "You said you were going to save my life, and that didn't include right now." And Azim responds with this: "You whine like a mule. You're still alive." <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's right. Yeah, he's right. He's right. He will save you on his own terms. He's right. You know, uh, I, I, I'm trying to think if I can ha- if I have anything for that one. <laughs> Do you have anything for that one? Um. Put you on the spot. Did we yeah. do sound clip one or we, no? We didn't. We skipped sound clip what one. What was sound clip one? I, I hope it wasn't working on my phone, so I hope it's or working for play. you. But this was um this was Azim basically saying, I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna until I save you. What if I say no? You have no choice. Right. So there you go. You know, I was at um this place called uh Salt and something. It's an ice cream shop over on uh, Ventura, Salt okay. and Cone or something. Sure. It's really good, but like I, I, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted the chocolate chip cookie dough, but they have a lot of like weird flavors there. But I was kind of dead set on it. And I was just like, you know, I I just I just wanted the chocolate chip cookie dough. They're like, here, try try a, at least one other sample. And I'm like, no. They're like, all right, now you have to try three samples. And every time I said no, oh, they kept upping the samples. That's aggressive. And then they had f- ten spoons ready for me. And I just looked at them and I was like, what if I say no? You have no choice. Turns out I'm glad they said that because I had uh, the matcha ice cream and it was delicious. And who would have ever thought to get that one? It was a green tea matcha with mint. When uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, we we used to pass notes to people, right? Uh-huh. And like we would do like do you, do you like me? Do you mm-hmm. want to go out with me? Of course. And you would put on the bottom uh, yes or no, circle one. But I got a clever idea, and I was like, oh, are you going to put no? I'm not going to give them the option to turn me down. Did so you I make just a put, maybe box? Yeah. What's that? Did you do a maybe box? Nope. Oh. No. I mean, you're a rebel. Yeah, cuz you know, like even if there is a yes and no, you don't want a maybe Mm-mm. because that puts doubt and then there's like, oh, uh, I don't know what we are. Mm-hmm. We're in mm-hmm. third grade and it's already complicated. Super like, complicated. just cut and dry, please. Um so I just put a yes cuz I thought I was being clever and I said circle 1 and I handed it and uh the girl looked at me and she goes, "What if I say no? You have no choice." And now you guys are married. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. It all worked out. Um, I let her out once a day, <laughs> which is great. She enjoys the sunshine. 
<laughs> for that half hour. So can we let's let's <laughs> skip around a little bit because yeah. uh, there's some dark shit that happens. So his dad gets burned alive. He goes back and finds. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to this with Braveheart, with Gladiator, all those mm-hmm. kind of epics where it's revenge, and then he finds a more noble cause than revenge. Um, Duncan comes out with his eyes gouged out, which when I was a kid, I remember being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like that. That was one of the darkest moments for me, where he's just his eyes are bleeding. I mean, it's not super graphic, but as a kid, just seeing somebody come out with blood on their face, going, "They took my eyes," you're like. Yeah, so in the first, it's probably the first 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of the movie, we see a hand chopped off, we see a human burned, and we see a man come out with his eyes taken out. This movie has a lot of hilarious, uh, the only time this movie, aside from Kevin Costner and Christian Slater, ages poorly for me, are the kind of bizarre insert shots they have during action scenes, where it's like, arrow, and then a super hilarious, like, very close arrow to the head shot and fall out of frame, or like... Or like, oh, clocked in the face with something. It's just like these weird where it's clearly like, and action. Uh, yeah. And then it, it doesn't really feel like it fits the scene. Sure. It feels like it was thrown in there to impact. Sure. But I would rather have that than half the action scenes nowadays where I can't even tell when the impact happens. It was like, what just happened? I think it was awesome. Yeah. 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 There were some things like I started to notice, like the, the um, arrow on fire. When it hits the guard in the head, yeah, like they do the shot from behind the guard, and you can see the point of the arrow is not on fire, but like the middle of the yeah. arrow is yeah. on fire yeah. in that shot. But so just like, but still, it's awesome. Yeah, it's still, it's. Still I love great. the arrow cam in this where he like fires it. and It's like they do it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's, this was before bullet cam. Yeah, but then, um, so then what happens? Uh, we get introduced to the witch, the sheriff's weird super creepy witch that looks like the woman from the dark crystal remember mm-hmm. that would take out her eye and yeah. look at people yeah there's not really any backstory to her but she's the first uh what is her name not the red queen in in in, in game of thrones the red witch yeah yeah she's like her she's like melisandra only not near as hot as melisandra she's like melisandra she's... when spoiler alert she, she revealed that she was thing off. older yeah yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh She's terrifying. I remember being super scared of her as a kid. And even as an adult, it's very unnerving. Because she has, like, one miscolored, like, red, blood-red eye. Yeah, and it's she it's has... really, like, it's a little bit um, inconsistent, only in that it's the only mysticism that there is yeah. in the whole film. Super like, weird. they are sort of afraid of ghosts in the forest, but yeah. they, we never see any evidence or any support of anything, except for the witch. The witch is the only thing that has, like, non-human powers. Well, yeah, and she puts, uh, and cracks an egg. An egg of blood. An egg yeah. of blood, uh-huh. and then these weird domino tarot cards. Yeah, and, and she like she, spits into it also. This, yeah, later on she cuts her own wrist with her fingernail, which that is a sharp fingernail. She does coke. I know that. <laughs> She's just got <laughs> these giant witch coke. <laughs> they look like uh, like how I used to when I used to eat bugles when I was a kid. And put oh them on yeah, and like, put them on I here. got witch fingers. Anyways, yeah. um, so, so but later on she cuts her wrist and spits in it, and then she like draw like draws on it and she's like oh i see our doom i see this happening and so it's like, we have what? uh we have clip oh yeah yeah i th- i want to say five i see scream see, see. Yeah. Wrong. i have seen a death. <laughs> can we play that one more time because it's so good Intense. I mean, I feel like at that point the sheriff should just be like, "All right, let's call this <laughs> All right, off. Peace. We're Done. Gonna, we're gonna pass. Done. She seems to know what she's talking. This about. This has a little bit of a Macbeth feel to it, which I can say in here because it's not a theater. Mm-hmm. I don't have to spin around three times and spit over my shoulder or whatever. It I is. mean, you should just just in case. I don't know. I can't. I'll get all tangled up. We did miss one sound clip where this is, this is Robin Hood's revenge. This is actually he, one of my favorite sound clips yeah. in any movie of all time, and I say it all the time just yeah. like his his inflection of it is very strange to me mm-hmm. um and it does his inflection of, of a lot of things of a lot of things but like this particular one and it does a, a tiny bit come out of nowhere like they're having this kind of a conversation about it but it, Remind it's me sort of what, what conversation they're having so he's like at the grave um and i i don't even remember specifically but i think they're just like um you have to be careful about what you do because you want like you want to be able to make him proud, mm-hmm. I think is basically what the conversation is. Um, and he looks at the cross and he cuts his hand and he says, uh, I will not rest until my father's finished. <laughs> Does he cut his hand? He at that cuts moment? his okay. hand. Yeah. It's, I love. <laughs> and he, I swear it by my own blood is the end of that. But like, it's, that's the last time anything's ever done on the, so it's, it, it doesn't really fit. No. I guess it does 
if if you imagine that he has a history, I wish he had like a. a you, my name is in, my name is Robin yeah. Hood. You <laughs> killed my father. Prepare to die. He yeah. sort of has that moment in the end. So uh, we already talked about the witch. Uh, how Azim will kill them. The painted man will kill her. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we already talked about the intro of Maid Marian, which is awesome. She kicks ass. The one thing that I yeah, do yeah. love about this movie is that, um, like, every important character gets a long and proper introduction, mm-hmm. which is which you don't always find. Like, a lot of the supplemental characters will yeah. just be thrown into scenes sometimes. Oh, yeah. But in this movie, like, every single person that's important and integral to, to the plot gets their own, like, full fleshed out scene to introduce them. Which I think is really cool. Like the witch, Marion yeah. gets the scene that you were talking about. Little John gets the well, scene movie, where he fights Robin Hood. Um, we were talking yeah. about how it's two and a half hours, but it feels it's paced very well, yeah. even for by today's standards. Uh, I do think it's funny though when Robin Hood escapes from Maid Marion's castle or whatever. Uh, they show all these insert, insert shots of the hooves kicking over clearly like plastic rocks <laughs> yeah it's like his horse was aiming for the rocks because there's like eight of them where it's just like nope going this way and it's another one of those things we've talked about a bunch in action movies where as soon as robin gets out of the gates the sheriff and everybody's like ah oh right. well i guess we can't get him yeah they like take a pit stop and they're like wait what ha- what happened and then they get and him, then they go then they keep going but it's also funny like you and then talk he loses about, them in sherwood forest you talk about kicking over the walls and yeah. like they're otherwise like pristine walls like this is the first time a horse has run this path because really easily there's n- too yeah there's no problem with the walls I until they feel like try and hitting those rocks are huge yeah hitting one of those the horse would be like fuck I'm out I'm out kind of you walk from here but the Deuces. horse the horse did get shot with an arrow and continued to run so yeah that was a pretty badass a horse. hell of a horse we have uh so then. Do you have a sound clip here you're looking at? Uh, we we have one for when they get into the forest, uh-huh. um, and uh, Robin Hood is fighting Little John. Yeah, um, and so they're fighting over this medallion that's very sacred to Robin, and Little John knocks him down for the first time, and Robin looks to Azim for advice. Sound clip number six. Get up, move faster. That's good advice. It's good advice. Get yeah. up, move faster. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. I um, think my grade school gym teacher used to give me that advice during like dodgeball. Getting up the rope? Oh. Dodgeball. Yeah. 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 All the time. Because if I get hit out, you know, I give up. And then he'd just be like, no, 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 no. Get up. Move faster. I ended up being a dodgeball champ third grade, bro. Hell yeah. No big deal. That's, that's no big deal. a true feel-good story. We did, we did forget one sound clip where when when sh- the sheriff, a.k.a. George, I'm going to call him George, George. from here on out, when, when evil George yeah. shows up and finds Robin Hood with the priest and Maid Marian hanging out, um, he gets so mad. He's tra- he, Robin, he gets cut on his face, and he's mm-hmm. super pissed. And he yells as Robin is disappearing, can we play B2? No, no, B1. Sorry, clip H. Roxley! I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon! Then it begins. <laughs> and I love how I love how Robin Hood goes, then it begins. Like points at him. It's like, is this the first... When, I thought it began it a began. while ago. It felt like it began. It began when he killed your dad. I mean, that, and then you took a swipe at him with a knife, and you've been stealing stuff from him, yeah. etc. I mean, it began a while ago. They did also do that thing... Well, no, technically, um, they didn't steal yet, because he hasn't met the sh- Merry Men yet. No, you're right. So that's what it is. This is where the beginning of... This is now we steal. Now we steal. now we steal. Now we steal. You brought this upon Cut yourself. Cut your heart out with a spoon. They we do have the, a follow up to that. They, we do, but I just want to. Yeah. They, uh, they did the same thing from Long Kiss Goodnight, where he like cuts the rope and then like gets pulled upward by so, like a pulley that uh, is yeah. magically. There. I think because it, it was a like a, sh- a old timey chandelier, mm-hmm. so that made more sense than the Christmas lights in Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah. Where I don't know how Christmas lights could heave a body up into the air. Sure, but it was just it was a fun parallel of like oh, yeah. I, I just like the elevating We're gonna, factor of we like. There's a lot of ropes. the same trends in all these movies. Yeah. Where it's, it's, but can we? Pl- so there's a follow up to the spoon uh, clip, uh, where, where his cousin is asking, or brother or whatever, is asking him uh, about the spoon. Number seven, please. Where's spoon, cousin? Cousin. Why not axe? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to hear that one more time because Alan Rickman's so petulant at the end. It's so good. Where's spoon, cousin? Why not? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. I love that. Can, It'll hurt more. Can we just actually, can we hear B1 and then 7 back to back? Oxley! I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. Then it begins. Where's spoon, cousin? Why not an 
axe because it's dull you twit it'll hurt more so in in the first clip it sounds very much off the cuff it sounds like it's just a, like a yeah. yo mama joke that he just yeah. throws out there and then <laughs> we we come to find out it is very well thought he's through been he, yeah. he's done this before he he has a spoon he he I, has a heart spoon i would say you'd have to use a spork I, You'd have to use a spork. That's There'd have not to be dull. some sharpness. No, he's... But he's, it's still dull and sharp. He's invested in the digging. I would love to see a deleted scene where it's like, this is what made it R, where he's cutting someone's heart out with a spoon. Yeah. How would you get past the ribs? So they did a couple of scenes where he's just like, with women. Like he, his, he's like you five forty five yeah. you five fifty or no he says you there was a fifteen minute increment yeah. so it was like, like and, and bring a friend and bring a friend. but <laughs> but it would be funny he's if, like, like the Hugh Hefner kind of, of Nottingham of, if of like Sherwood one of those times he was just like getting into a corpse's chest with a spoon awesome. just like casually and didn't say anything That'd about awesome. it and then like just to fill it in I do more. think it's funny how um his cousin his brother cousin his cousin in it who's the bad guy in the crow as well. I don't know what accent he was attempting, but it's just like he has gar- like gravel in his mouth the whole movie. Everything he says, like Robin of Rocky, he's he's projecting intensity. There was a lot That's of audio doing. things where, like, whenever people yell, the audio peaks, and it's like they were like, "Man, fuck it, we don't need to ADR kind of, that yeah. like a ton." It's like <laughs> Robin, it's like just a lot of peak. Sorry, sorry, people next to us. Oh shit, we are not that far along in the movie yet. No, okay, so not. he meets the merry men. Little John, who's awesome, by the way. Little John is great in this movie. He, yeah, Josh, let us know if we have any wiggle room to go over. Uh, if not, that's fine. Um, oh, oh, oh! This is another great sound clip of him being super uh, a big baby. Um, he's talking to some guy who's like an advisor or something. Who, and he's he's saying how we're going to punish everybody. This is the guy you were talking about, yeah. who's like they love him. Yeah. Can we play clip B two, please, Josh? Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. <laughs> Wait. Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers. For lepers and orphans. And orphans. Yep. Already fucked up. Yeah. No more merciful beheadings. So, spoon, spoon so, beheadings? So, all... <laughs> what... I mean, do they just take their time with the behead? Oh, Jesus. It's like a saw, like a handsaw. Oh, God. And then three, call off Christmas. Call off that escalated. Man. I wonder See, how far away we are from Christmas in this I movie. I really hope he had... <laughs> exactly. Like, like, what month are we in? It's like it's like Thanksgiving now, and we don't know yeah, it. And, I, and he's like, what? Uh, everyone yeah. loves Christmas. Oh, we've already prepared. He's such a screw. Yeah. <laughs> I also wonder, like, so the lepers and orphans don't get scraps, but who, who does that leave? Yeah. Like, who is still in the kitchen being like... Tight scraps. <laughs> Somebody play a drinking game for how many fucking times Jesse says tight in this. Um, Three on purpose. So we're introduced to Will, and he's just, let's just talk about Will for a second. Yeah. Because he's a big baby at first. Yeah. He's like, Robin, you suck. I don't like you. And, you, and he kind of sucks as a person. And then you think later on when they're kidnapped, he's going to betray Robin. But then it turns out that this whole time he's butthurt because Robin is his brother which I'm still kind of confused on he's a half brother he's a half brother Robin um, he has like a short monologue sort of probably 30 minutes before this we have Will's sound clip but uh, Robin is explaining that uh, the conflict between he and his father was over after his mother died his father took up with another woman and had a child and Robin was very upset about that because she was not his mother and so the father left her and he rebelled by going to the crusades so he forced this separation between his father and the mistress. I must have been checking my phone during. Pro- that or it, it was like it was. It, it, it was a down t- moment. Now it all makes sense. Yeah, it was yeah. a down moment. But um, but so then Will reveals to us when he comes back to get Robin Hood that uh, that he is in fact his brother. Sound clip number ten. I am the son of the woman who replaced the dead mother for a time. It was your anger that drove the lie. It's not a lie. You ruined my life. Oof, oof. I mean, now it all makes sense. Sure. And I like that he doesn't actually betray him. You yeah. Know? I mean, because there is still that brotherly bond. Yeah. And everyone, like, he's such, Robin Hood is such a charismatic person. That was another thing that struck me, is he was able to just swoop into this group of people yeah. and take the reins and just, like, lead them yeah. in a direction. His first fight scene we didn't even talk about with Little John is so good, where uh, John Little 
where um, <laughs> he, he knocks him in the nuts with the staff, and then John falls in. This big, scary, but like really friendly eyes. It's really friendly <laughs> eyes. And he's like drowning, and he's like, I can't swim! And Robin's like, just stand up. And he stands up, and they realize they're in two feet of water. Yeah. It's so fun. That whole This movie does have a great sense of fun, even if it's sometimes uneven, I don't mind, because mm-hmm. I would rather it be swashbuckling and fun even when the jokes don't hit then take itself way too seriously where you're like <laughs> right you know right which i heard the ridley scott one did i never saw it but i heard it i did i heard it. it took itself too seriously yeah. the fight scenes look awesome though so then let's just skip ahead a little bit because we're running uh, josh do we have any extra time today or just that okay perfect if you want to adjust it on that that'll help but if not it's fine just just tell me when we're running low um <clears throat> so <laughs> wait, wait this is great i forgot about this so Maid Marian comes out to to see Robin, mm-hmm. and he's swimming naked in the falls, and she's just she's totally creeping on him, like oh, fuck. like she's got yeah, she's got like yeah. she's eyeball fucking him from afar, no doubt. And the best thing is, is when he gets out of the the water, it's Kevin Costner's bare ass, and it's like clearly like farmer's tan, pale ass, sort of in shape dad bod. But like still dad bod. Right. And that for that time period for Maid Marian, it's like, oh, you've grown Hell up, yeah. Robin of Loxley. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've always, uh, your pale ass can shine in the moonlight. You, you've been swinging that sword, haven't you? It's just so, like, there's, to me, there's nothing, even for 1991, that's not like a sex symbol moment, you know? It's just kind of more like, well, oh, that's weird. I think we're kind of underrating the sex symbolness of uh, Kevin Costner. I guess maybe. I think like in that time period, he was the man. I th- yeah, you're but right. You're it, right. It was strange. But come on. It <laughs> was, shot was so, amazing. It was strange because we never saw him shirtless, but he had a very distinct tan. <laughs> so that was weird. And then the other thing that was weird about his attire was that like once he became, once he got into the woods, he always carried his bow and arrow yep. with him wherever he went. Yeah. And everyone else was like, had their weapons down or like were a little more relaxed, but he, he was like, always ready. He was always ready and always. he so rarely needed them, nope. but he was just ready to go. He was ready. Yeah. That's what he does. You know, so, um, <clears throat> we, we also, we found out, we talked about how little John's wife has a baby and it's the most horrible sounding birth ever. Uh, and Azim gives, uh, delivers the baby and, uh, he says something like, uh, I've seen horses do it before. And yeah. it's like, you're the expert at this camp? You've seen horses do I've it? I've seen it done with horses. Man, what? how did this other seven babies get delivered? I still honestly don't know what he means by that. I assumed when I was younger that he was delivering it via C-section. But she recovers so quickly so quick. that I, that can't be true. She's so she's ready to fight. There, there are a couple of moments that just come out of nowhere. The childbirth is one of them. Like, I had no idea and she was pregnant. Really it doesn't come back. No. Um, the when Azim is working with gunpowder, like that comes at like why? Out of nowhere. Why are you guys? Why, why have you guys been fighting with swords and why with didn't you bows use, and arrows? This they call whole time? it the black powder, just like in the new movie The Great Wall, starring mm, Matt Damon, the Chinese ponytail movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, yeah, why? Why weren't you you using the black powder yeah. this entire time yeah. to like blow shit up? And we oh, we didn't even mention the friar. Right. How he well, should. Yeah, and that was another guy who got like a full yeah. introduction, like a really great He's introduction. He's a great character because I remember when he fir- he's first introduced, he's kind of this drunken asshole. Yeah. And he he's calling them the uh, Azim, Amor, and the devil, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about the friar is he has one of the biggest arcs in the movie, too, where yes. he, unlike a lot of uh, fanatical religious people, admits when he's wrong. And that's what's so cool and refreshing about his character, where like, he is all about God, all about his dogma, but he'll admit when he's wrong. When he when Azim delivers the baby, he admits that, oh, you are you are part of God's uh, plan. Or in the end, when the other priest is stealing and he's like, you betray that's my one of my favorite moments. I know I'm jumping ahead, but when he he shoves he gives it, he's like, You want your gold? You you can here, you'll need the the silver to pay in hell. And he shoves the priest out the window and the priest lands on the ground and dies yeah. and just splat and everybody starts all the all the peasants start getting all the coins and stuff. It's just such a badass moment for him. Yeah, there's there are two unwavering parts of his personality. One is his love of God. Two is his love of beer. Yep, those two things don't change. But his no. his outlook yep. on people and uh, the dynamics of people and the quality of people that is uh, fully malleable. And he is able to like he's go from one too. one perspective to another um, just based on like the input he's receiving, which is really cool. He's also really good at playing drunk. That can be yeah. that can be over <laughs> that can be overdone very quickly. And he is pretty 
on point. Let's talk about the uh, the Celts that randomly show up for one that scene. That was another one. So the Where baby, the, the, the gunpowder, and the Celts. The witch is like, we must hire the Celts, our enemy. And he's like, hired hands. Mm. And then, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, right? that was it. You nailed hired it. Hands. Hired hands. Hired so, uh, hands. Hired hands. Hired hands. Hired hands. I love all these like weird Terry Gilliam close-ups that happen in this, mm-hmm. where it's like super in their face and like fisheye almost. Uh, I just noticed that throughout the movie. You could play a drinking game for how many times they do really awkward yeah. Terry Gilliam-style close-ups. But that's beside the point. So the Celts come in for one scene where uh, Duncan is, it comes back. He leads them to Robin mm-hmm. and, and the Merry Men. And the Celts come in, and they all get up on their treetop. It's like the Ewok village. And they're, they're fighting. They're kicking ass. The Celts don't stand a chance. So then the sheriff brings out... These fire uh, catapults with giant rocks that are on fire yep. and arrows that are on fire. And it's like, and they totally just decimate Robin's village. And it's like, what if, why did you even why need the you Celts? That? You didn't need the Celts at all. You just killed all the Celts I mean, for no reason. Maybe that's why. Maybe yeah. he's like, ha <laughs> I'll get rid of one of my enemies by paying them and getting most of them killed off. Two birds with one stone. It's an awesome <laughs> scene, though. That whole sequence is great. Oh, it, it is great. And it's great storytelling also. Like, you feel like they've won and you feel like um, they're going to triumph. And then uh, just fire. I guess that brings them down. Structurally, that makes sense. Why? Because you get that moment of triumph and then the defeat. Because otherwise, if it was just what happens too often in these movies where the, the good guy just immediately gets defeated in this part of the movie in the structure, you're like, eh. Yeah. But you get that glimpse of like, oh, they are good at this. They are good at being yeah, a team. Yeah. But then they get over, overrun. Yeah. Because we never really see them fighting. We see them like stealing and we like, see them. Yeah. Well, that scene where like they're, surprising. like I said, where they're hiding under the leaf mats mm-hmm. that somehow they construct. Yeah. It's incredible. There's like 40 of them and then a fake leaf structure they have that like right. how does that not stand out in the rest of the bushes like and, but it doesn't when you see it, it and looks... also like when horses are galloping through the forest maybe don't be in a secret <laughs> underground <laughs> thing where you could get trampled like i was really worried about their safety so even though I, I knew nothing was gonna happen when they ran under and the horses went by I'm like oh boy that's close yeah. uh, um but yeah so like we like they've been training and we had this montage and we haven't seen them fight and so if we the first time we saw them yeah. fight they just got decimated by oh, yeah, that would suck. by fire and celts then um then it, it would be all for nothing yeah. so it, yeah it's important to see them like hold their own so uh the the priest who was friends with robin and his father um which actually he lies to him in the beginning so he's bad from the start where he's, he's like he's like your father was part of the he was into the black tabby devil magic you right. know or yeah. whatever so he's under the thumb of the sheriff yeah, he's getting paid by the sheriff made marion gets betrayed by him and and the mm. sheriff's like, I'm going to marry you. We're going to go away. And um, Azim and Little John and a few others come back after most of their men have been kidnapped and their village burned. And Robin's still alive coming out of the fog. <laughs> so great. Such a great shot. <laughs> where, where did he come from? Why did he go? Because he was in the rubble and they yeah. were like around the rubble. And yep. he's somehow got like maybe half a mile away and it's I, just walking back towards them. Where was he? <laughs> yeah, was I don't he, know. Was he just like wandering around? Like, maybe he was just fucked up from the fall and he's like, oh shit but then the fog made him look really badass yeah but then the next scene is him just passing out right but they were like eh, just got that let's yeah, yeah. not worry about it he like had to take a pee and he didn't want to desecrate the camp so since we have seven minutes left this is perfect because we can really di- dissect the final action sequence yes. where they find out that Will comes back you think he's going to turn on Robin but he comes back and says I'm your brother they're going to hang all of our men including Little John's son mm-hmm. and they're like we got to go back they make this elaborate plan where Little John's wife's like I had eight babies I'm going to do this too they all they sneak in. Robin smears shit on himself so that yep. he smells more like <laughs> which is uh, a homeless which guy. Immediately pays off. Yeah, he does it, and I was like, I, did, I was like, why did he do that? And then like five seconds later, somebody's like, Hey, who are you? Oh, you stink! Get out of here! Yeah. I'm not even gonna look at your face. It's perfect um, timing. It can't be Robin Hood. <laughs> then Will gets caught. Security was yeah. low. <laughs> it was very it was low. security was relaxed there. Yeah, they They're like, check your weapons time. at the door, except for these five people that sneak over the wall. We don't have any wall guards. Yeah. No wall guards. And Will like just walked in with a sword, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then little John's son sees Will and he's like, You traitor, because he thinks he betrayed him. Yeah. And that's when Will gets found out. The black powder that they sm- that the priest smuggled in, saying it was libations for the sheriff's uh, ceremony, mm-hmm. wedding ceremony, um, he gets strapped to that like his head's going to get cut off. So that screws everything up. They yeah. can't blow that up. Yeah. And then Azim with the fire arrows just starts saving the day, man. Yeah. Blowing shit up left and right. Which we didn't even see the rest of it planted. So, nope. but there it was. It was there, and they just start blowing up. Yep. And Robin Hood um, is able to spear a moving rope. Yeah. 
He's that good. He's that good. I mean, earlier, and then another time he rips off one of the arrow feathers with his teeth and then shoots two and they go, yeah. and they kill two dudes. So, I mean, if he could do that, he well, can hit a moving so, rope, bro. So this is my favorite My favorite part of the action sequence yep. is when he shoots his first arrow and it clips the rope, yep. but it doesn't get it. And then he concentrates. He takes that second arrow. He licks it. Yeah. And he's able to spear it. I don't know. And to me, it had, it like... <sighs> Fans out there, th- th- comment in the section below if you're an archer, archery pro. Archer. Archer. If you're an archer and yeah. not the uh, adult swim show. Uh, if you're one of those, uh, let us know if that's true. If you, if you lick the if feather. Lick, and then anything. why wasn't he doing it the All whole the time. time? Yeah. But I guess after a while, I'll be like, he'd, yeah. he'd get feather cuts on his <laughs> he tongue. Needs, he needs like an envelope moistener <laughs> just, for his, <laughs> just for his arrows. That'd be incredible. Um, so, but so, yeah, yeah. he's he uh, clips... Uh, the kids, and they had only knocked the kids' uh, stool out. So he was the only one choking, mm-hmm. thank God, because Robin only had like... time. But then he's like, knock them all down. Um, and then chaos ensues. <sighs> Until Little John sees Little John is able to knock the entire thing over. He just Convenient- bull rushes. Conveniently so it, it lands and hits another pole, and they all just... Yeah. It's at standing length. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, had it fallen completely, it could have just snapped their neck when it fell. So, it, right. you know, it works. It works good for him. So yep. then they all start fighting back. And Azim, again, Azim's the real hero of this movie, man. Because everybody's running because there's a hole that's been blown in the wall. And he's like, fight for freedom. Fight with Robin. So you have, have it? We oh, have perfect. this one. Yep. Yes. Uh, Twelve. I'm not one of you. But I fight. I fight with Robin Hood. Come on. Yeah, man. I fight against the tyrant who holds you under his boot. If you would be free, man. Then you must fight. Join us now. Come on. That Join is, Robin Hood. That's better than any of Robin Hood's, like, kind of weird walking up a tree trunk speeches yeah. when people start to gather. I love that in movies, when, in all of these movies, when it's like people are milling about and then somebody gets up on a podium of some sort of, like, higher up and is like, he start, they start off kind of talking normal. People are like, oh, that guy's talking normal. I better go listen. Right. They start raising their voice more and getting more inspirational. Oh, more people start to listen and get closer. Now I'm really driving my point home, and we're going to do this. And it ends with everybody going, yeah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how many times in movies has that happened? And yet it's always satisfying. And I mean, and it happened, Robin Hood, like you said, does yeah. it a couple times in this movie this where he's walking on tree trunks. But this is the best one. When I first saw it, I had I didn't understand why he was trying to motivate these people because yeah. I assumed they were people already on board. Yeah. But <laughs> They totally bail from the plan really quickly. They're like, all right, we got everybody. Fuck it. We're out. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Stay in yeah, fight. No, no. We have to do this. But so, and then, and then they like are trying to knock this fence down. And Robin Hood's like, we can't. I have to get over this wall. They, him and Azim <laughs> get catapulted <laughs> over a castle wall, are able to fall on hay, and two seconds later, they're able to open the gate. <laughs> it happens, like, immediately. It's incredible. Like, if you just been a little more patient, so, it would have been fine. Just because we have a couple minutes left, I want to get into the yeah. witch fight. Yes. And, and the awesome... the So the witch and Azim start fighting, and uh, she gets stabbed pretty quickly. Well, and, she stabs him first, yeah. and then she realizes who he is. Yeah. And and so then uh, she gets she comes running at him and he just basically spears her. You think she's dead? Done, done deal. Yeah. But then there's this amazing fight scene. We already talked about the super rapey scene with uh, with the sheriff and Maid Marian, which is like weird slapstick and sexual assault. So I don't know how I feel about it's, this scene. It's very unnerving. It's maybe the only slapstick sexual assault scene <laughs> in cinema it's history. Just, it's a little tonally sketchy, but uh, specifically the kick up split thing. But then Robin Hood comes in and they have this awesome fight. Scene that's that reminded me of the Inigo Montoya fight in Princess Bride, where it's the choreography is like messy, but it's good choreography. It looks like they're, yeah. I mean, they're just throwing things at each other. It's just, it's very it's, frantic, it's a, but and it's a real fight. Like, yeah. how often do you see like a fight between it's, people, and you're like, that's not yeah, how they would. They're fight. not doing like ching 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 spin. Right. They're not doing like spin things and like fl- uh, like big flourishes. Yeah. It's very gritty. It's very like survival. That's yes. what they're doing. And and uh, the sheriff is fighting with Robin Hood's father's sword, uh-huh. and we got uh, clip thirteen here. Recognize this. It belonged to your father. Okay, such a dick. So He's such, such a, a dick. Such a dick. So they're fighting. They're fighting. Robin Hood. His sword gets cut in half yep. by somehow by uh, by the sheriff's sword because it's probably stronger, stronger yeah. steel. 
and he's laying there, and then he he has the. This is what I don't understand though. The sheriff has the sword to Robin's neck, and then he turns. He goes like this, ha, and then turns, and that's when Robin stabs him in the stomach. But why didn't he just go, ha ha, dead? That's it. He yeah. didn't have to wind up and really get in there, right? Because especially since we've established this, this is sword a, yeah. is a sword. But then, oh man, we have only like okay, we gotta we gotta. He probably wanted a spoon and was like, fuck, ah, I have a right. sword. All right, he has the best death scene ever. We're running out of time, but his death scene, yeah. It's so drawn out, and it may, it's made fun of over and over yeah. again in like Buffy and Robin Hood Men of Tights and things like that, where it's like, uh, but how he does it feels very real and awesome, but also is kind of hilarious at the same time. But that's because Alan Rickman is he's magic. Yeah, he is magic in this movie. Yeah, and, there's and so much sweat and saliva involved in it. Also, <laughs> when he pulls out is... and it's like, and he just holds the blade up to her like, yeah. And, uh, and then, and then so good. the witch somehow God, reappears amazing. in that room after having died outside <laughs> and comes to kill Robin Hood. Yep. And Azim breaks open the door, which he hasn't been able to do this nope, entire time. He just time. kicks that shit he open. He just kicks it open, tomahawks her. Where the fuck did she come from? She was outside. That's with what him. I'm saying. She died outside <laughs> and all of a sudden appeared inside. Oh, and he's shit. able to get inside and he kills her. And he is, he then has fulfilled yeah. his vow. And then they then they get married and Sean Connery just randomly shows up. It's so Sean Connery. <laughs> I love it. It's ah, oh, that's all the time we have for today. Can we oh, go out man. on everything I do? I do it for you. Um, which, by the way, these lyrics of the song are sprinkled throughout the movie. What came first, the movie or the song? I assume the movie. They were written in tandem. But I love when this happened in the '90s a lot, where there was a song that was so. Uh, obviously uh, for the movie and yeah. that hasn't happened since that I can remember other than like snakes on a plane where it's like oh I'm ready for it come on bring it we got snakes on a plane you know and but this is like he literally says worth dying for worth fighting for all all these lyrics yeah. are yes. strung throughout yes and it's fantastic ladies and gentlemen We've been talking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Jesse, where can they find you? At Too Much Jesse on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, check out Prom Losers. Search for, we did uh, an Oscar reaction. So search for that on Instagram, The Prom Losers. At The Ben Begley on Twitter and Instagram. At Funhouse Mass for The Funhouse Massacre on Showtime, Video on Demand, and Redbox right now. Next week, we haven't figured out our movie yet, but we're leaning towards X-Men Wolverine Origin. X-Men Origins Wolverine, whatever the hell it is. Or we might do this movie again. We might do this movie again. Until next time, everything I do, Guilty Movie Pleasure fans, I do it for you. Let it touch your heart. That's it. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.